If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Issues that dominate America. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, hello and welcome to State of the Nation. We are live here with today's News Talk TNT. Myself, Brian McLean, broadcasting live out of Central Texas. And I'm here with Steve Hook off the Central Jersey Shore. Steve, happy Friday, my friend. Yes, it is. Very happy Friday, man. It's good to be here. We made it through another week without the country completely, uh, you know, burning itself down, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, well, you know, no black swan this week so far. Uh, you know, uh, God willing, Monday we'll be saying the same thing and grinding yeah. up some more news. Uh, like this one, America First Legal. This is great. America First Legal sues the Federal Election Commission for refusing to charge uh, B- Biden for president, um, which is the campaign, uh, the Biden Victory Fund and the Biden Action Fund and the Democratic National Committee after they failed to report direct and indirect intelligence community contributions and coordinated communications in connection with the infamous debunked Letter of 51. Now, Steve, you remember how the Letter of 51, how much gravitas, how much weight that carried back in the 2020 election uh, wake, don't you? Oh yeah, I mean, how could we forget it? It was a, uh, it was hailed as the uh, as, as as the as the silver bullet, and this proves everything. Uh, and of course, all of those people were on the take, and it was a, a complete joke. I um, mean, there were people that that refused to sign that letter because they knew it was BS. But uh, here we are. Yeah, well, uh, they're they're taking them all to court right now. So this is pretty interesting. Um, yesterday or a couple days ago, the federal election they sued the federal election commission for for said activities, um, and they're stating that um, back on October nineteenth of twenty twenty, of course, the infamous fifty one anti Trump former IC officials issued that infamous public statement decrying reports of Hunter Biden's laptop uh, as Russian disinformation. Well, um, as the lawsuit reveals by AFL, um, their public statement was drafted by Michael Morell. Um, this, the public statement for the uh, 51 was uh, drafted by Michael Morell at the request of the Biden campaign, uh, one of their staffers, actually. Um, now, you may know, you may have heard of him. He's uh, now Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Yeah. Um, and this, this, the statement was used by then presidential candidate Joe Biden during the presidential debate against Trump. And facts in the lawsuit show that the public statement by the 51 former intelligence officials was not only incubated in the Biden campaign, but it was also used to generate earned media for candidate Biden. Um, And this is illegal. This is illegal for them to not declare this, Steve. So they're getting taken to court over this. This It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it really is. And the thing is, is, I'm reminded of Paul Newman in that in that great uh, courtroom. I think it was called The Verdict, that movie he was in, where he's just screaming, this whole court is out of order. This whole thing is out of order. You know, um, this was such a scam. They got in-kind donations by, by flouting a false document that many... Dan Hoffman is a former CIA uh, station chief. He, of course, you may have seen him if you ever watch Fox News. He's on Fox a lot. I don't know what his politics are. I guess people can infer because he's a Fox News contributor, you know, that, oh, he's a conservative. I don't know that there's any truth to that or not, but I do know 
that he refused to sign that letter because he had no evidence to back it up. Blinken got the whole damn thing started. Uh, you've got the likes of James Clapper on that letter. You've got John Brennan on that letter. You've got uh, uh, Podesta uh, on that letter. All of these people are 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 shills and hacks uh, for 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 uh, well for Biden uh, and of course the DNC. I mean, I don't know how it's going to go as far as they can just say, hey, look, all I said was it looked like Russian disinformation. I didn't say it was. But the thing yeah. is, they all knew that the FBI had been sitting on that laptop for two years and they knew it was legitimate. So th this is just so unnerving. And this kind of goes, Hesh, I think, to just how unserious the media is in this country now. There's journalistic integrity has been flushed a long time ago. And that letter of 51X spooks just kind of underscores that. Seriously. I mean, my goodness, a legal team has to sue the Federal Election Commission because they won't investigate something that is clearly, clearly in their purview and clearly of the highest magnitude. It's uh, it's absolutely ridiculous that it's come to this. Hey, why not yeah. give TNT a follow? We're on all the social platforms out there. You know the ones, Facebook, X, Instagram, Gab, Gitter, the other ones, Truth Social. Uh, help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk, TNT. Keeping the commitment 24-7. I come to you for facts. I really appreciate what you and your team do. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, in, I just, I can't even believe I'm about to read this. I can't believe this is happening. Uh, this is a landmark uh, thing that we're going to discuss here. Investigative journalist Steve Baker was taken into custody by the FBI on Friday he was detained for, quote, nonviolent misdemeanors, end quote, that his employer, Blaze Media, has stated amounts to his reporting on J6. Uh, in a video posted by Blaze Media, Baker is seen being taken away by authorities in an arrest. Uh, the Blaze reported, quote, Blaze Media investigative journalist Steve Baker has now been taken into FBI custody for his J6 reporting, end quote. Joining us now to discuss this disgusting turn of events is TNT host, Havore Morich. Havore, welcome to State of the Nation. It's great to see you again, my friend. Um, this does not sound like America to me. What do you think? It does not. By the way, Steve, nice nice shirt you got there. Uh, <laughs> you too, uh, buddy. Looking good, boys. <laughs> yeah, you know, it just, uh, you know, this morning I was just thinking, uh, guys, it just came to me. You know, last night on my show I had Brandon Weikart, who spoke at CPAC, uh, and he yesterday uh said that uh it's the same kind of totalitarian totalitarianism that we've been subjected to over the last century that we're seeing now you know he says the various isms of the 20th century have congealed in the ism that is globalism and then you know we had i don't know if you guys covered this a couple weeks back and in, in new york the revolutionary communists of america marching uh and it's like yuri bezmenov was was right and then you know what we're seeing now with steve baker like i literally can't believe it this is political persecution it's like the revolution is underway and so many people that i talk to say the dems are trying to implement like we're in the process now and yeah. you know brandon said last night it's you know if we get trump in or not this is it this is the last roll of the dice and then they'll get the one party system and i'm glad i'm down here in mexico so i feel bad for you guys yeah <laughs> i mean you know, it really is. It really is unbelievable. It's very much uh, like uh, 
Kafka's The Trial. I mean, the whole damn thing is a joke. Uh, we talk about Steve Baker. They arrested him. Uh, they won't even tell him what he's been charged with, but we do know it's mostly misdemeanors. Um, but, that you know, they had to make the show of him being frog marched out with cuffs on. And it's just, and then, of course, we we we, we couple that with what's going on with Catherine Herridge and her ouster at CBS News when they took all of her stuff. They And, of course, they, they came under so much pressure that they had to give it back. But we don't know if they copied all that or disseminated it to people that want to know. It's just, I don't know what is going on. I, I mean, you know, it almost seems like they're pushing us towards a civil war, doesn't it? It almost seems like this is the goal. The, the movie is coming out, right, in a month's time. Yeah. And recently I watched, there's this 1997 film called The Second Civil War, which I recently watched where uh, a war breaks out. They're sending migrants into Idaho from Pakistan, uh, and then the U.S. federal military sends troops to fight the Idaho National Guard, which sounds like our Texas scenario. And, you know, I interviewed ex-CIA J. Michael Waller on my podcast recently, and he's been on TNT, I think, subsequently. And I like his commentary. You know, he we see this pattern now. He points out that um, U.S. Uh, there's a story from a U.S. ambassador, National Security Council member charged with acting as a secret agent for communist Cuba for decades. Uh, you, you know, you've got that. And, and his comment on Steve Baker, Jim Michael Waller's comment says FBI raids the homes of American citizens and arrests wrong think journalists like Steve Baker, but do nothing to bust Americans who flood our country with uh, foreign illegal aliens who prey on innocent people. And, you know, it's this is political persecution. This is Orwellian like Steve Baker. Um, they don't like his reporting and they want to make, as you said, an example out of him. It's just. I honestly, I can't believe we're here. And and this is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, I, I look at the reporting of, of people like Steve and um, Owen Schroyer, you know, another example from Infowars arrested for, for thought and microphone crimes. And it's like, what those guys are saying is not different from what millions of Americans and people around the world are saying. And us, it's not a, it's not a whole lot different so it's like whoa wait a minute here guys wait a minute and we 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 just had this great conversation with Rick Munn our call um <laughs> earlier and it's like you know we were talking about all these international uh hate speech and online safety bills and and all this stuff and it's like wait a minute you know um and then Gonzalo Lira you know extorted tortured and killed by in a by SBU in a Ukrainian prison uh, wait a minute. That's the country we're giving all this money to. That's the country that has these weird Azov battalions working with them. Like, what side is the United States on? Like, whose whose side are we on right here? Really? I think we're um, again. We're we're literally undergoing communist revolution and uh i interviewed gonzalo lero less than two years ago uh it's on my podcast and you know as you say i, I i've been to the u.s uh, i went to many conferences last year we hung out right uh hesher and yeah, austin um on one of my trips i got the dreaded 4s uh on your boarding ticket which is the secondary screening from the dhs you know and now i kind of like i kind of don't really feel like traveling 
to the U.S. You know, I, I, I've been invited to Ron Paul's house next month uh, because I had been a sponsor last year. So I, I don't know if I'm going to go. I'm kind of just getting tired of traveling and wondering. I got to wipe my devices before I go to the U. Like this, we're at this stage where me and as an American citizen, I'm literally that afraid of my government that I'm wiping my phones uh, my 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 laptops, my emails. So they, if they, if they they might confiscate it and get all my data, I'm like, it's not a joke anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's really not. Yeah, not only is it not, I and I, I think you know one of the things that we've talked about, Jorge, on the program is that uh, the media is the the ones that are actual journalists. They're under attack. Uh, the the rest of them are basically on the state payroll, it looks like. I mean, it, it's almost like we've got our very own Pravda going here. Um, and then citizens are getting harassed and arrested. So, yeah, I agree with you. This does look like a uh, a kind of a soft coup, uh, unless, of course, you're on the wrong end of the government. It's not so soft to Steve Baker right about now, I'd imagine. But here we are. Um, and one of the things that drives me nuts is just the the apathy of so many Americans that they don't, they just don't want to look at this. They fall for the Trump is literally Hitler while they are actually, their side is actually using Hitlerian tactics. I mean, uh, do you think that the people are starting to wake up is, is, is what I guess I'm asking you, because I think that there's a sense in this nation that we are in the wrong, we are going in the wrong direction and not just economically not just on foreign policy on domestic policy we have lost our way and i think that these democrats are worried sick about these next elections but i suspect they might have a way of rigging them i i don't think people are waking up you know unfortunately i've been having conversations on tnt on my podcast recently we broached this subject and i i ask everyone i ask myself this as you're asking i ask my guests and just like it doesn't seem like it. People, it's like people have been lobotomized, uh, literally. And I just thought of this book um, that I got by Milton Meyer on my shelf. Uh, they thought they were free, uh, where he interviews a dozen average Germans who went along with the Nazi regime. And it just seems like um, people don't wake up until the blood hits the streets. Like uh, if you just look at history, I don't think you ever. Is there ever a case where people wake up to stop? the revolution or overthrow i i don't think so i think it happens and people live through it you have a civil war you have whatever you have um and then i, I think things just really have to get hit bottom right before people wake up we are that stubborn you know it's for, to use that biblical analogy like the donkey right we, we are like donkeys you know that have to be kind of whacked um mm -hmm. all the time so it, it, it doesn't look uh, good and this is some some kind of you know it's it's every every coup or Bolshevik or communist globalist fascist revolution is has a slightly different flavor and as you mentioned right now it's a soft coup they're using technology they're using um, you know medicating the, the the population with injections and when GMOs and all this stuff and so may, maybe they don't have to get as violent as they did in the twentieth um, century but the, the result is going to be the same. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the control they take over the food supply right now, the push to get people used to eating, you know, garbage and bugs and soy slop and lab materials. It's uh, pretty obvious they're looking to have that angle also where they can use starvation as a tactic. Um, they're angling towards cyber polygon. Obama's movie showed us a really uh, interesting lens into how they see that going. 
um, that would be a very scary situation. Um, and now in the, the latest uh, cyber scare, uh, we had communications go down for uh, millions of AT&T customers. Um, and of course, the FBI came out and said, hey, watch out for more cyber stuff. And the day before that, Joe Biden signed an EO on cybersecurity that's uh, a little like, wait a minute, what? We already have plenty of things on cybersecurity. It's, there's a whole industry in the DOD on that and in corporate. So what's going on here? We got a lot of attack vectors to keep an eye on here, Hervore. Um you know, and this this matter, we got to let you go in a minute here, but this matter, I just want to just real quickly, this matter with the former U.S. ambassador to Bolivia, 40 years, Victor Manuel Rocha served as an agent of the Cuban government and sought out and obtained positions within the United States government, provided them access to non-public information and the ability to affect U.S. foreign policy. That has gone on in the background for 40 years. It's only one example. We've got new Chinese spies. They've just Un, you know, uncovered recently as well. It's uh, it's not a good look, Hervore. It's not a good outlook. And I do hope you come back to the United States. I'd love to hang out again. But uh, I understand your concerns, my friend. Uh, we'll leave it to you for any final thoughts. Yeah, it just doesn't look good. And, you know, we didn't get to this story as well, but the Amos Miller thing, you know, Robert Barnes' lawyer is out there and he explains how no one has ever complained about the raw milk and butter that he um, that he's he's providing. And it, it goes back to what you said. They want to take away our, our food supply, uh, make us weaker. Um, so they're hitting us from every angle. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Hervoy. Check out the Hervoy Moritz show right here on today's News Talk TNT. We'll be right back after this with TNT. TNT's Patrick Henningsen. So you see what's happening here. The White House is doing heavy spring cleaning, deep clean to expunge, to erase, to discredit. Believe it or not, even though this stuff has already been out, they're still trying to move to discredit uh, any talk or any evidence or anything related to the Hunter Biden laptop story and also any Biden corruption in Ukraine. So their hand is being forced uh, and they're not going to take this lying down. The White House certainly is not going to uh, capitulate to any of these allegations or charges. Um, the Republicans have been pushing forward, as everybody knows, with this House investigation, been getting very interesting traction. So now the deep state is moving into action to discredit any witnesses uh, and to write it all off as Russian disinformation. Sound familiar? Have we been here before? Of course we have. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT. TNT is an independent global news talk station that does what others only say they do. TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No one in the world does what we do. Crisscrossing the globe, providing credible news and opinion all day and all night. In two and a half years, TNT has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff. It's a critical time, and we must continue to call out the misinformation and propaganda from mainstream media and their powerful sponsors. We're now appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world to go to TNTradio.live and make a small donation to TNT while we seek the right investors to continue our important mission. CO2 sustains all life on Earth, but now it's in long-term decline. We face the return of an ice age. We mandate that the truth be told. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. We're very, very happy to welcome our next guest. 
Kate Monroe is a GOP candidate for the California District 49. Uh, she's a retired United States Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. She's also a wife, mother, veteran, an activist, business yep, owner. Yep. And I must say, Kate, welcome back to the program. And last time you were on, uh, you kind of teased us with what you were going to do. Well, now we know exactly what you did. You went yeah. to the border. You took it upon yourself. For those of you who don't remember, there was a video going around on the news a couple of weeks ago that was showing all these Chinese, mostly Chinese, coming through right around a fence opening uh, on our southern border. Well, Kate Monroe went down there, spent her own dollars on razor wire, and she sealed that hole up. Kate Monroe, first of all, thank you for doing that. And secondly, welcome back to the show. How are you? How's things going with you? I'm good. I'm stoked. You know, we've been down two or three times now. And every time we go, we're joined with more and more veterans, more and more, um, you know, everyday civilians that want to get out there and help secure the border. So I'm feeling good. I'm stoked. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you know, what's it like dealing with razor wire? I was watching you on your social media. By the way, you should definitely follow Kate's IG. If you're not, you're missing out. Uh, but I was watching you guys do that. It's good to see more people joining you also. I've noticed you've made subsequent trips. You've got a larger yeah. uh, group of people with you. But what, I mean, tell us a little bit about what that's like. Well, you never know what you're going to be met with. First off, you know, we typically go by and run by the migrant camps where they're, they rally them all together so that they can be picked up and taken anywhere <laughs> that, you know, that they want to go. Most of them are going to the East coast. Like for instance, we talked to uh, three young Colombian women yesterday and it took them three days to get here. The cartel brought them to the border. They walked across, they were met with uh, border patrol uh, immigration was going to pick them up, already had plane tickets for them to fly to New Orleans and meet their friends. So when you see when that's the first thing you see during the day, it gives you a lot of peace about what you're going to do after to go secure the border. And um, it's not easy, you know, because people drive by. You never know because you can see the cartel about 100 yards off in their vans just watching you with binoculars. So it's it's not necessarily the safest thing to do. I don't recommend that people do it without protection. It's not something that everybody should be doing. Um, but certainly the armed veterans, that's probably the good uh, guys to get out there and do it. But it's a little nerve wracking. I have to say I take a body man out with me. Um, Brett, who is the CEO of Iron Fence, Iron Defense, Iron Goat Defense, Iron Goat Defense. He goes out with me and does a good job protecting me, but it's, it's crazy. I mean, as you can see, it's not, uh, for, not for the faint of heart. <laughs> yeah. Showing okay, uh, Kate is showing us her battle wounds. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, cause you were wearing gloves when you were putting that razor wire up, but apparently <laughs> that razor wire cut through the gloves. Is that what happened? Well, sometimes you take your gloves off and you're just filming stuff, but you don't always realize how close you are to the wire. I mean, I got it yeah. stuck in my pants and when I got it stuck in my pants and jerked back, I nearly sliced my finger off. So it's, Ouch. uh, I, I wouldn't suggest people try to cross over the razor wire that we put up. Uh, yeah. And as far as, you know, so you say you're being watched from the other side, obviously yeah. there's operatives from uh cartel people, maybe seeing people over, especially in these, uh, Godaway zones. Right. So yeah. are you finding, I mean, uh, clearly that's a little bit dangerous. Are you finding any like countermeasures or resistance or anything like that? They don't typically resist us. I mean, we don't, try to stop the people that are crossing yesterday just before we got to this third hole that we went to patch 
30 people passed by us as we were driving out, carrying their luggage and their bags and everything, because they had just crossed over about five minutes before. And it's just absolutely crazy. When we got there, um, we saw how they got over. They throw a blanket over the razor wire because nobody does what we do. They don't really go put it up. They don't do any infrastructure. They just lay the razor wire there. So some of the guys showed us how easy it was to cross over. And if you guys want, I'll show you what we found on the other side of the border. But it was it's it's nerve wracking what we found, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what, well. What, what was interesting about your video was at one point in the video, the first trip over, uh, you're saying, here I am in the United States. You take two steps over. Now I'm in Mexico. Now I'm back in the United States. Yeah. I mean, hell, you cross the border two or three times in the span of about 30 seconds. That's how easy it is to get over. So what did yeah. you find at the border that should concern all Americans beyond 30 people that passed you as you were going? Yeah. Well, I have a bunch of show and tell, like I said. So the first thing that we find down there, this actually got pulled out of one of the tires in the caravan of people we took down. They make these out of rebar and they're very sharp and they're meant to impede our efforts to get down to the border. We we now know we got to stop and get out and do a sweep and a check. You know, last time we went out, we found about 15 of these buried in the dirt. So you have to be very careful. So they're they're trying to stop us. They're not doing a very good job, though. But we found um, a bunch of passports. So here's one uh, from Pakistan. Here's one from China. I'm sure there's no ill will there at all. We got yeah. Turkey, Ethiopia. I mean, I have a stack of these things. They're They're littered all over the other side of the border because what they've learned is they need their passport to fly to Mexico. But they don't want to have their passport on them when they cross because then they can't get asylum because they're not coming from somewhere where they would be owed asylum. I actually sent these passports to my buddies and they're running them right now uh, against the terror watch list. So it'll be very interesting when I get that news back. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. You would think that if this country even cared, they would go and collect all of those, like just, you know, a little, little border patrols, uh, trip over the border, collect all those up and give them to some, uh, you know, researcher or law enforcement person for analysis. But, uh, no, we've got citizens going out, having to do that right now. Okay. Our veterans are having to go out and do that right yeah. now and use their own resources to make that happen. Let that sink in while we take this brief headline from today's news talk TNT. TNT radio news, big news. Yeah! For TNT, this is James O'Neill. During a speech in Texas, Donald Trump declared the U.S. is at war at the border due to Joe Biden's evasion, highlighting an influx of military-aged men from various countries, including individuals from jails in the Congo. The Labour Party has criticized the U.K. government for an alleged £4.3 billion overspend on accommodation and support for illegal immigrants, amounting to £15 million daily on hotels. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter? Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, here we go. Okay, our guest is Kate Monroe here at State of the Nation. Kate, what do you think about that? I mean, the fact that you're you're trying to run a campaign right now. You're a candidate for for. Uh, Congress in District 49, and you're having to go out and physically secure the border, use your own personal resources and those of your colleagues 
to do this. I mean, this this is just, I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I feel like I'm not in America, Kate. I, I feel the same way. It's very frustrating. I mean, I think if you look at the juxtaposition between me and everyone else that's running, right? They stand for things. Someday when they get there, they get elected, they'll actually do something about it. They are spending time and resources buying TV ads and sending hate mail, you know, to all of the voters. In fact, Margarita Wilkinson actually sent out a hit piece on me that said that I was soft on the border. Now, I don't know if she printed it before or after I went to secure the border, but I couldn't have thought that the timing of it was any more hilarious. I mean, I'm thinking that's the best way to blow about 20 grand. Well, you might as well have went and put that money in the shredder. So, I mean, I'm a solution-based <laughs> person. I'm more busy protecting Americans and the constituents of the 49th. And these people are out, you know, trying to figure out how to send hate mail about me. So they can do that. I'll protect America and that'll be great. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. She's soft on the border. Meanwhile, she's got stitches in her finger. She's got a cut on her forehead. She's pulling out a uh, uh, spiked uh, rebar from tires while she's going to secure the border. Unbelievable. Um, Kate, let me ask you this because... I, we were just talking to one of our colleagues uh, before you came on, and and I asked him a very pointed question. I said, have people woken up to just exactly how bad it has gotten? He seemed to be a little bit, well, you know, sometimes most people don't wake up until the blood hits the streets. I don't know. But on an anecdotal side, it looks like a lot of people are getting very, very angry. You throw in the, the Lake and Riley murder which is just one of many, it should be pointed out. But this one's really caught the uh, attention of the American people. And I, and also, by the way, I think you can, uh, Lake and Riley's murder at the hands of an illegal immigrant from Venezuela that crossed into El Paso during Biden's uh, reign of error. Um, I think that's what got Biden to the border. I think that murder is the only reason he went there. The governor didn't meet him. The lieutenant governor didn't meet him. The the, the border patrol union chief won't meet him. Uh, he's out no. there with the. I mean, what do you think that people are are getting really furious about this? Uh, like like I do. Uh, I think that people are furious about it. In fact, the reason that we went back out on the same Thursday that the presidents both went to Texas, we wanted to say there's. It's one thing to go and look at the border. I think everybody knows it's open. It's a whole nother thing to go secure the border. And we went this third time because of what happened to that young woman. I'm the mom of a seven-year-old little boy. And I will tell you that I would cut my finger off to protect him and all the other children in our country from the onslaught of migrants, sex traffickers, terror, drugs, and everything else that comes across our border. It's absolutely appalling to me what's going on. So as far as people being woken up, the cool part about us going viral, Newsweek even did a piece on it. Uh, we were on every single media, basically around the clock going like nuclear viral. So there's no way that everybody just missed it. And I think if you're being honest with yourself, no matter where you stand, you want your kids to be safe. And they were safer under Trump. They were safer. Our economy was safer. Everything was better. Just look back there and let's do that again. More of that, less of this BS that we have now. Yeah, I don't here, recognize here. the country for what we have right yeah. now. I mean, we've we've seen the potential for it to turn into something like this, uh, but the fact that it got here this quickly, uh, it's degraded this much in four years, is uh, staggering. Even to those of us who've kind of been, you know, protecting against it, warning against it, it's it's just, um, you know, it's it's sort of well, the last that, chance. That young women's that young woman's blood 
is on Joe Biden's hands. Yeah. You yeah. have made our nation a sanctuary country. This is on you. You shouldn't even run again. America should be hysterical about this. This is on you, Joe Biden. You are responsible. You go talk to this family because this is on you. You were so desperate to unwind everything Trump did. You did that at the expense of people's lives. It's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. And we can talk about Lake and Riley, but why don't we talk about the 300,000 Americans that have died because of fentanyl that is being pushed over our border by the Sinaloa cartel with, with, with strong financial ties and support from the CCP. It's absolutely yeah. staggering. Biden won't say a damn thing about China. And I don't know if this sounds hyperbolic or not. I don't much give a damn, but Joe Biden is an asset of the Chinese communist party and he has made money from the Chinese communist party. And to that, he's also made money from the drug cartels because of his ties to the CCP. I'm disgusted by it. Uh, it's just outrageous that this is happening. Oh, I feel exactly the same way. I know we're not supposed to cuss on the news, but I think you guys will live. I have been telling people that Joe Biden is like an ass puppet. Every other country has their hands so far up his ass, talking out his mouth that he can't even think for himself. And God forbid they do that without providing him ice cream. It's we are in embarrassment on the world stage. What we allow in our country, the greatest nation on earth that people apparently want to come to get asylum from, we're okay with drugs pouring over our border, terrorists coming across our border while three world wars are breaking out. And I'll tell you something about China. I went down to our transit center. I encountered four Chinese men who are about 25 years old who spoke good enough English. And I said, how did you get here? And I met right there where we're standing. They said, oh, we flew to Mexico and we walked across and then you brought us here. I said, how will you, where are you going? Oh, we're going to fly to New York. I said, how are you going to get, how are you going to get there? Oh, you, you pay for it. I said, did you come here for asylum? They said, no, we came here for your money. Ah. It is, a, we are a laughing stock. We are importing people from these countries with intention. It's disgusting. Yeah, you know, they they just did a they just had a singular bust in California uh fentanyl find and it was a pile big enough I I kid you not this is what it is in the in the headline a pile of fentanyl big enough to kill everyone on the planet twice. Yeah. That's what's and, coming on. And an 86 billion dollar yeah. a year human trafficking ring also on top of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, talk about fentanyl. Like I was under the impression before I walked the Tenderloin up in San Francisco, I thought fentanyl was like expensive. It's $5 a hit. There's well, no barrier down. to entry to that drug. I mean, and we're pouring it over here by the truckload. And how is it getting here? Like we're not doing a very good job checking if that much of it can get over here. How much of it do we not find? Well, I'll tell you a ton. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. metric tons, metric yeah. f tons, um, f and tons. it's gone down to <laughs> it's gone down to a dollar a hit, and even twenty five cents a hit in some cities where it's completely flooded. So I mean, literally, you could find a quarter on the ground and then go kill yourself on fentanyl. It's it's like that at this point. I mean, it just it, made me nauseous hearing that. It gave me goosebumps. Like that is so such a sad state of affairs for our country that not only do we allow it, we invited it. And you know, we Kate, the thing is, it's like hiring a murderer to come into your house and then be like shocked that they killed everybody. I mean, it's and, and, and you, you know what, Kate, the thing is about this and, and hash, the thing that drives me so nuts about this fentanyl crisis beyond the obvious 
is they're not doing this to make a buck. They're doing this to destroy America. They're and, and China is very you know, yeah. They're they're doing it to decimate our country, and they're by God they're pulling it off. We were talking with as I mentioned a, a colleague uh, before you came on. And Hesh and I were also we were all kind of on the same page. This is a communist takeover of America. And when you say that to a lot of people, they'd look at you, they'd roll your eyes, and they'd laugh. But I mean, the evidence is everywhere. They are in, uh, encouraging this. The Biden administration and Democrats are encouraging this. Well, what they want rolling into the twenty thirty census is Democrat supremacy. It is insidious evil that we are battling. And and talk about waking up. You need to wake your friends up. If they're if they're sitting there idly by in some matrix universe where none of this stuff exists, you better wake them up. You better shake them hard and say, look around. If you have eyeballs and you have ears, you better understand what's going on and protect your family. Because like I said, I'm the mom of a very little boy. And this SHIT is not going to stand on my watch. There you go. Well, Kate, listen. God bless you for what you do. And thank you so much. And for what it's worth, and I know I can speak for Hesh when I say this, we are thrilled that that video went viral, your cut finger and forehead notwithstanding. So I'm glad <laughs> you did that. Now, before we say goodbye to you, where can people find out where you are so they can contribute to you and get more information about Kate Monroe? If they go to kate4congress.com, that's F-O-R. I was lucky enough to get the, the F-O-R. So kate4congress.com, and I could certainly use um, any financial support that you have because we're, you know, March 5th is on Tuesday, so we're running right up against it. Well, there you go, Kate. We're going to wish you the best of luck. I hope you win that race. I know it's going to be a hard-fought one, but uh, you seem to be the right, right person for the job. We look forward to chatting with you again, Kate. God bless you, and thank you for joining us today on State of the Nation. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for having me. You got it. There she is. That's Kate Monroe. This is State of the Nation. We've got a lot more to go right here on today's News Talk TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. These people are evil. First, they lie. They no, no. The jab is safe and effective. You have to take it because it's safe and effective. It's for the greater good. And then they'll deny that people that were injured were injured by the jab, which was so safe and effective. And now when they're finally forced to admit, yeah, your paralysis, it's from the mod RNA gene therapy injection. But we're gonna make it up to you, the doctors in Canada say to the paralyzed woman. We're going to allow you to opt for euthanasia. I'm not making that up. Go check out the story. With these people, all roads lead to death. They are a death cult on a mission of spreading death far and wide. They want to kill people. They want to kill as many people as possible. They're on record as saying they want no more than 500 million people on Earth. The only problem, we have 7.5 billion people on Earth. They want to get rid of 7 billion people? And they're doing it slowly but surely. They need to be stopped, and they need to be stopped now. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk TNT. She was reading at a second grade level in kindergarten. Pod four swimming before she was seven. Finally convinced mom to get her ears pierced in the third grade. Came in second at her fifth grade spelling bee. Drill team in the seventh. And with one stroke of the keyboard, one click of the mouse, it's gone. It's gone. 
Who's gone? Report a cyber tip today. Interviews, news, and views. This is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McClain. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right. Well, we are very pleased to get a uh, official Hollywood update here with our good friend. It's been a minute since she's joined us, but Joey Paul Jensen joins us. She's an award-winning casting director, movie producer, acting coach, motivational speaker, and a peak performance coach. Joey, it's wonderful to see you again. How have you been? It's been a minute since I talked to you. I know. I'm really excited to be here. It's great to see you guys. Yeah, well, I'm here with Steve Hook, and we're very happy you're able to join us. So give us an update. I just want to throw it to you. Uh, you know, last time we spoke, we were talking about the writer's strike and how that was affecting everything. So uh, what's the latest from inside of Hollywood? It's an interesting time, for sure. We uh, we all sort of looked at the beginning of this year like, thank goodness the writer's strike is over the actor strike is over and now we can really jumpstart business and really go into some great development and production. And unfortunately that just didn't quite fly. And this is a time particularly end of February, beginning of March, where we would typically see maybe 150 productions or even a couple hundred new productions of television pilots. And right now there's probably maybe 15 to 20 so we're looking we're looking at an 80 to 90 percent drop off of the type of product we would normally see in the market right now it's a big drop wow yeah that that is a big drop do you attribute that mostly to just being backlogged because of the strikes and is that is is that mostly it is it because well we've got a lot of things in the works but we haven't done them yet because we've just backed up because of the strikes is that what it is or is there more to it than that that's a huge piece of the puzzle because you're absolutely right. There was a ginormous backlog of product that they had geared up to produce, and then that had an immediate stopgap. And you have existing television shows where they could immediately put their writers back up to work and then just play to that same demographic of their audience again. And it's just the um, dynamics of when you create new product. So if you're a studio and let's say you typically might do 10 or 15 pilots in a year, and then you hope to have a few of those picked up. So you have a fair amount of risk capital out there in a bunch of shows that may go nowhere. And so when you're still licking your wounds after the strike, it's not exactly the best time to put your risk capital out there, especially uh, in this economic environment with things changing so drastically. That's a big piece of the puzzle. And the other piece is not that anybody really wants this, but we're on the precipice of an IATSE Teamster strike because they too are at a precipice where their contract is up this year and need to have the AI component addressed before it gets too far down the road. So with I these was, two things coming together, it, it's it's really, really rough. I was just about to ask you about that. You know, um, last night I was looking at on a live stream I was doing, I was looking at a um, x.com channel where they repost or I don't know, maybe this guy does them himself, but he does um, AI voice readings out of 
uh, classic literature mm-hmm. like J.R.R. Tolkien. So, for example, uh, he had an A.I. Tucker Carlson reading a segment out of Lord of the Rings, and we listened to it, and it was just it. I would not be able to tell that that wasn't Tucker Carlson. And you know, we were kind of getting into the the nitty gritty, going, okay, well, did they write the script? Um, and then feed it into the AI. You know, we're trying to figure out just how artificially intelligent it was. And when we got to the end of talking about it, it was like, I guess it doesn't matter because you could have an AI write the script and then you could have another AI read the script and boom. I mean, this has got to be sending reverberations through. And it's like, I'm also seeing it. I'm sorry, I'm steamrolling you a little bit here, but I'm also seeing it in art. Um, If you look at um, heavy metal albums, they're very, very well known for being painted or drawn with pen and ink. You know, people put a lot of um, work into them. And now there's a whole new slew of albums coming out and they have these crazy artworks and everybody's saying, wait a minute, you're not you did that with AI. You're not paying artists to do this work anymore. So I know there's big stuff going on. So can you expand on that AI factor? So you have these crew keep key elements that go on behind the scenes, whether you're talking about scenic design um, or lighting design or sound, and you can begin to put that all together as artificial work, then it's a huge threat to the overall profession. And um, these contracts are up every three years. And if they don't follow suit, like the actors, it'll be too late for them to catch up. So this is the time for them to really, you know, raise their hand and make it happen for themselves. Not that anybody really wants to take another hit in this industry, but if they don't speak up now, it'll be really damaging to so many professions that are within this one union and they don't want it to happen. And I can't blame them. It's it's a tough combination for so many different careers. Largely, AI has its benefits, but we all know there's a very scary downside, many of which we don't even realize how that will impact us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember when, you know, a lot of people complain about some of the big action movies. Ah, there's too much CGI. I mean, good God, what happened to, you know, what, what happened to old fashioned uh, building uh, sets and stuff? And now it's all CGI. Well, AI adds a whole new wrinkle to it because not only can you do CGI with, uh, you know, backdrops and whatnot, but now you can literally AI an actor or actress into a scene and not have to pay anybody. Uh, except for the guy that created the AI system. I, I understand the, the fear of it. Let me ask you another question, though, Joey. Has Hollywood wrapped their head around the fact that a lot of people in America are a little bit – in other words, it seems like there's a bubble mentality – and this this wokeista crap that's being pushed down people's throats. I was reading an article the other day about Madam Web and the Marvels, and I was reading one of the actresses saying, "Well, this is just another example of the patriarchy doesn't want us to succeed." And I couldn't help but stifle a laugh because, as far as I'm concerned, it's not that. What it is is people don't like pandering for pandering's sake. And if it looks like you're pandering to a crowd to appease a bunch of wokesters, a, a vast majority of Americans are just going to say, I'm I'm out. I'm not watching this. This is garbage. Uh, has Hollywood figured that out yet? I don't think so. <laughs> 
I really don't. You know, they uh, it takes it takes a while for them to really catch up in that regard. They're they're forward. They're out there. Uh, they're not afraid to take those chances. They want to pander to what they think is their audience, and they think that you know the flyover zone, as some call it don't really have that same kind of voice or same kind of strength. They want to play to that hand and, you know, pandering or not, that's where their head is at. <laughs> yeah. That's well, about as honest as you're going to get right there. Yeah, they they seem to be you. pretty, they seem to be pretty well dug in on it. Um, there are, Absolutely. uh, there's a couple of uh, people um, who are now uh, large Disney shareholders. Um, I only have their last names, uh, Train and uh, Perlmutter, uh, but they hold shares in Disney worth some $2.5 billion. And yep. in the last year, uh, uh, um, in the last year to May, they had asked no fewer than 24 times for um, uh, the other uh, one of their people, Pelts, uh, to be given a seat on the Disney board. Um, according to the company, and Disney, with a market value north of 170 billion, uh, repeatedly rebuffed the pair. But it is sort of setting a stage for a bit of a showdown, I think, in the boardroom. Um, what do you think about? And these guys, by the way, are um, to Steve's point, they don't like the woke stuff. They don't like the pandering and all this, and they would like to see that change. And one of these guys was fired as the chair of Marvel Entertainment when Disney bought them up. So that, I don't know, that's pretty interesting and a little salacious, isn't it? It really is. And I think your words showdown are uh, very appropriate. You know, Disney develops young animators, they develop creators, and a lot of creators that are working their way up the marketplace and trying to make an impact in the system really like to to take advantage of the shock value to garner an audience which really means totally progressive ideas and uh disney is extremely immersed in this so for example um for lack of a better term disney university you could, uh, some people call it, or otherwise it's known as California Institute of the Arts, where Disney is the biggest backer. And they use that as a farming opportunity to cherry pick graduates out of there to put in their system. And California Institute of the Arts is known as one of the most avant-garde private schools around the country. So in a way, if they put too much of that voice, that adds a little bit more conservatism to their board, it's sort of like shunning what they're developing. And there's a lot of discourse with that. So I think a showdown is the right word. It'll be interesting to see the fallout of all of that. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of when Elon took over uh, Twitter, you know, that kind of thing where employees are all of a sudden like, wait a minute, what? We were woke. <laughs> yeah. You and know, you know Joe, it, go ahead. It's I hope that they can find the right balance because overall, that's what we we need to have in our country, whether it's amongst a company or amongst ourselves sociologically. We just really need to be able to have all voices be represented and 
not bleep out or edit or, you know, push down anything, you know, ultimately, wherever the vote goes, the vote goes. But we really need to allow that freedom so that they can get a true sense of the marketplace if it's not represented. Well, and that's that's exactly what I was just about to go to, because here we are talking about the diversity and uh, DEI. I mean, it's kind of almost become a, 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 a people hear DEI now and they kind of roll their eyes. But I remember it was a year or two ago when somebody leaked some uh, some audio of a uh, of a, a, a board meeting, and one of the women in the meeting was basically saying, "Going forward, we want a trans character in every single new animated film. We must have a trans." People hear that and they're like, "I'm out." If, if, if we're not going to be doing bed knobs and broomsticks anymore, and we're going to be focusing on transgender, you know, and genders and pushing this. And that's why Disney has lost so damn much money. I don't understand what it's going to take for them to wake up to this. They can sit there and say, we're all about diversity. Well, they're not about diversity of thought, are they? If you're not absolutely carrying their water, they don't want any part of you. In other words, a, a white Christian male is not going to get a job at Disney if he is openly conservative. At least that's the way it looks like to most outside observers. I think that's 100% correct. I mean, they have a huge amount of diversity, equity, inclusion amongst their executive ranks. And so that's where the creative focus comes from. And so they are not going to divorce themselves from that. There's no way. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, too well ingrained, you know, and um, to close on Disney, I'll just say something that resonated with me that was said by um, uh, uh, Peltz in that cadre of people I was talking about. He said, quote, it's, it is time to restore the magic at Disney, end quote. And I liked that sentiment, you know, because uh, we all grew up with, you know, Disney magic and, you know, you can get really yes. esoteric and, you know, kind of blast Disney if you want. But we had some good um, children's material and family material. And it just doesn't look like that anymore. And it doesn't need to go back to what it was, but it needs to go back to something that makes sense to, you know, everybody in contemporary times, I would say. So we got about a minute left. If you want to give us, you know, any response to that and any quick thoughts about the Oscars, perhaps. Oh, the Oscars are about a week and a half away and it's extremely exciting time. Um, I think that uh, Oppenheimer is, gonna really walk away big <laughs> and yeah. uh i i think that that's where a lot of the awards are headed in with that particular piece no doubt yeah. i definitely. love killian murphy that guy's a great actor man yeah loved him in definitely. peaky blinders and um that's just that's uh, gonna be interesting yeah Hopefully it is get interesting. Some viewers. yeah <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> when you see Killian interviewed and then you take a look at the character he played, you you know, you can realize the transformation that he made. Oh, yeah, and that's yeah, really good actor. I expect we'll be seeing some Barbie up there on the stage as well. Oh, yes, you'll see a little Ken. Barbie. Yes. You're going to see some Ken <laughs> in addition to Barbie. All right. We're excited well, about that. Well, we'll have to have you back on afterward. You can give us a wrap up. Joey Paul Jensen, thanks so much for joining us. Wonderful to see you right here on State of the Nation. We look forward to your next visit. 
All right, guys, have a great day. Take care. You too. Have a great weekend. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT.